week on Inside Motorsport, we continue our discussion with Cam's Eugene O'Rocker. Eugene Arocca joins us once again. And Eugene, I guess last week we were talking about officials and the like. This week, we really need to talk about how you're putting pathways in place to develop drivers from karting right up to the highest levels. Coming out of the AFL, one of the strengths of the AFL has been the structure around development of young kids, young men, young women. Um, even at the, uh, even within the development of the Victorian or the Australian football's women football league. You've got to put money back into the sport at the lower levels to develop the kids and bring them up. You can't rely upon good luck for Daniel Ricciardo's old man to have found a few mates to tip some money in and send him overseas. There actually needs to be a structure. And if there's a structure in place, it'll produce more Daniel Ricciardos. So what we've committed to doing is making sure that there's a clear pathway between karting right up to F1. Now, they're not all going to make F1. History tells you we've only had really five or six drivers over nearly 40 years and two that have won the World Championship. But if we don't do anything about driver development, those numbers will continue to fall. And so we committed to making the tough decision about Formula Ford. We felt that from a karting point of view, to step into a car that didn't have wings and slicks was not ideal. And so um, we've introduced or we'll be introducing Formula 4 in 2015. And the beauty about Formula 4 is that a, a young man or woman stepping out of a Formula 4 car in Australia can step into a Formula 4 car in Europe and have a chance because the cars will be similar, almost identical. And so apart from creating a better jump between karting into wings and slicks, we've actually got a category in Formula 4 that is replicated around the world in Asia or in Europe so that the drivers that excel in this country can actually elect to step into a car that will not take them six months to get familiar with. And in motorsport, six months is six months wasted if you're training and learning something. So we felt that um, we can't rely upon good luck. Um, we've appointed Carl Reiner as our driver development manager. 15 months ago, if you rang up CAMS to find out who our driver development person was, we didn't have one. So we've now got one and we'll commit to spending money to having academies and having CAMS talent ID for the young carters, putting them into Formula 4, having a vibrant category where the drivers can then excel internationally in the same category and hopefully find their way into Formula 1. And the beauty about Formula 1 is that when you've got heroes in Formula 1, the benefits flow down to grassroots level. You need heroes. And it's fantastic having James Warburton and Craig Lowndes and brilliant, but we also need international level heroes and so um, hopefully Daniel will excel in the next four or five years, but we're looking for the next Daniel. How have you enjoyed the change management and the change program that you've had to put in place over this period and how much more change do you see going forward over the, the next few years? Um, change is always tough, particularly when um, uh, you have to let people go and we've um, had to make some tough decisions. We've turned over staff. We've uh, brought in a culture of responsiveness and, resp and accountability. Um, you don't just flick a switch, but already we see that people are responding more positively to CAMS than they have in the past. That's not anyone's fault. It's just the way we're evolving. Um, and so we'll continue to commit to ensuring that our services to our members are more engaging. Um, we've got a CRM, a customer relationship management system that wasn't in place 12 months ago. 
when you start to know who you're dealing with, you can actually service them better. So we're an organisation in transition, but we're very, very confident that we're moving forward. And the next 12 months for CAMS will be about consolidating the gains that we've achieved in 2013 and then building on those in 15 with the introduction of Formula 4. But we continue to challenge our staff to be better, to be more responsive, to be more transparent, to be more accountable. And little things like making every staff member go out to at least five events a year on their own time and actively participating in club events already has got people thinking they care. And I think if people believe that you care about the sport, they're more responsive to you. So, you know, as I said, for the last 12 months, it's been a bit bumpy, but I've enjoyed the transition. I've enjoyed being a part of an organisation that's clearer in its pathway. Um, and I think the results will be seen more and more over the next two or three years. And importantly, there'd always been a, a uh, importantly, there'd always seemed to be a bit of a friction between the leading series V8 supercars and cams. It seems like the talk now is more mutual and trying to get you working working in lockstep. Well, the announcement about Tail and Bend was um, a good example. We were there mentioned and we were in fact invited by the Premier to talk about motorsport. In the past it might have been V8s. They're very comfortable with V8s knowing that we're the custodians of motorsport. We, we met yesterday, we had a good one hour chat with James Warburton about some of the strategies going forward. We are absolutely on the same page and the same with the Grand Prix Corporation. We haven't been that great in really making sure that those relationships are at their best. I think that if you spoke to Andrew Westacott of the AGP or James Warburton, they'd be glowing about their praise in relation to our relationship being stronger. One thing about sport, you've got to go into one direction as a, as a group. And if you've got vested interests that are looking after different parts of the sport and not seeing the big picture, then we'll suffer in the long run. And what I say to all the people I meet is, whenever you're making a decision about sport, ask yourself whether it's in the best interest of the sport. Park your own interest to one side for a moment. And sport is a lot about self-interest and egos. But if we can continue to get that same message about what's good for the sport and how do we get there, you'll find that We'll all back each other up and the relationship with James and Andrew has been sensational and I think it'll get better and you'll start to see more results like the tail and bend announcement. There's another six or seven projects around the country that are just going under the radar that announcements will be made about in the next two years and people will join the dots at V8s, Grand Prix and CAMs are working together which is very important for the sport. Well, we wish you all the very best for the future because uh, everyone who uh, is a lover of motorsport knows how important your role and the role of CAMS is in Australia. Thanks, Craig. And again, to your listeners, um, and to you in particular, congratulations for 20 years of fantastic service. Apologies for the voice. As you can see, I've been talking to a lot of politicians. We're meeting the Premier this afternoon to talk it up again. So um, I think motorsport's in a great place. We are really on the cusp of something that I believe, along with the new media rights deal for V8s, all spells tracking up. So uh, thanks for the support, and we'll keep, we'll keep plugging away. We finish our birthday editions where we started with Chris Lambden and Chris, the support categories. Well, interestingly enough, it was Ross Palmer and the Pro Car years that started a very successful series called the V8 Utes. I guess it probably was, wasn't it? I mean, you know, a lot of these these things that crop up, crop up because of the people who, you know, who've got the resources to have a go at it, decide to do it. And some of them succeed and, and have some longevity and, and some don't. You know, I mean, at the moment it's like that with the GT category. Uh, you know, very much privately, I guess, supported and funded. And you're right, Ross Palmer, um, you know, came and went, I guess you'd say. 
um, you know, it's very hard to um, for some of these things to to kick on if the prime mover behind them suddenly, you know, perhaps has a you know a change in their financial status, shall we put it? Um, but um, you know, there there are some reasonable supporting categories around motorsport at the moment, but I'm just a little bit concerned at how expensive some of them are. But one of the best, as we all know, is Formula 5000, which um, is uh, still still excites the crowds and actually isn't as dramatically expensive as you might think. You have been a long-time supporter of that series. Well, yes. You know, I'm, uh, along the way, I've, I've, I've had a very, you know, lucky, fortunate time in, in motor racing, as I said, from the age of 14, when I grew up in New Zealand, I represented them internationally and I ended up in Europe. Uh, I stayed on. I ended up as mechanic for Terry Ford, who Ayrton Senna, you know, in the movie said was the best guy he ever raced against, and we raced with Ayrton, and et cetera, et cetera, and you know, came back out here, had a touring car team and supercars, all that stuff. Um, it's all been pretty good fun, but uh, three years ago I did have the opportunity to get involved in Formula 5000, um, you know, and, and I guess at my age it's, that's bucket list stuff. Uh, but it's the most amazing thing I've ever done. And, uh, you know, if anyone ever has the opportunity to drive one of those things before they die, possibly at the same time, um, then you've got to do it. It's, um, I, I just, uh, you know, if I get run over tomorrow, I'll probably go happy. Chris, it's been a pleasure catching up with you over these uh, couple of shows and to look forward to seeing you again very soon. Yeah, no, that's great. I will press on to the next one, shall we? Yes, that's exactly. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.